Welcome to Today on Broadway for not Monday, but Tuesday, <laughs> May 28th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And Dying Broadway stars James Marino. James, a uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. We obviously uh, were not here for Memorial Day, uh, so I hope you and yours uh, had a, a nice long weekend. And for everybody who is remembering those who uh, lost their lives defending our country, um, our thoughts go out to them. Uh, but as we mentioned last week, while we did not have an episode of Today on Broadway on Monday, you did have a very special interview that uh, I know you were super pumped about. Yeah, I uh, spoke with Adam Simkowitz, uh, who is a playwright and uh, he's also a literary uh, person over at the Juilliard School. Uh, and uh, just to talk about the nuts and bolts of being a playwright in today's environment and how you can make a living and what you need to do and and how Adam is uh, living his best life. So uh, it was it was really exciting to talk with Adam. I talked with him a while ago, uh, I guess in February or so, uh, and this just seemed like a, a good opportunity to get his show out there and not lost in the mix of craziness. And so I, th- I thought uh, Monday was a good chance to uh, release that show. Absolutely. And then um, also on um, uh, on Sunday, you had this week on Broadway, obviously. And uh, I've got to be honest with you. There was one, I, I have not listened and I will not listen, at least not to all of it, <laughs> because there is one show that you know that I have tickets to for this trip that I may or may not be having uh, in June. Uh, and that is Octet. So I don't want to hear anything because I've heard come into this unspoiled. But uh, Jan Simpson and uh, Peter Felicia were on the episode. They both saw it. I know that. Mm-hmm. So can you just give me, without spoiling anything, a thumbs up, thumbs down, where do they stand on this very unique, weird Dave Malloy show? Well, Michael Portantier reviewed it l- the previous week and gave it a thumbs up. Peter okay. Felicia reviewed it and gave it a thumbs up. And Jan Simpson gave it a thumbs down and said that she's she's unsure of what her colleagues are thinking and that she actually might go back and see it again because she's so <laughs> out of tune uh, not out of tune, but out of sync with all the other uh, major reviewers who she uh, likes and admires. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I uh, that's all I want to know, as because we read some of the reviews on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it opened, and I tried to just get the nuts and bolts. I tried not to get into the details because I know it is a very unique show, so I didn't want to spoil myself too much just in case I actually end up deciding to come up and use those tickets the week after the Tony Awards. <laughs> yeah, and so it was great to have Jan on. She also had a show on Saturday, uh, and uh, it was it was great to bring Jan into the This Week on Broadway uh, mix. Uh, I guess we hadn't had her on since January or so. And Oh, really? And I have to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's that's bad producing on your part. Yeah, James. that's just yeah. I have to uh, drop the ball get, there. Get better at get better at bringing Jan and yeah. Jenna and everybody else into the mix. All right. Yeah, she uh, on her stagecraft episode, she uh, interviewed Adam Seidel, who is the playwright between, behind uh, Original Sound, which is currently playing at the Cherry Lane Theater. This is another one that's on my list if I end up happening to come up to New York that I hope extends because it closes on the ninth, um, and I won't be there till the eleventh. So I'm I'm hopeful. That this one and then continuity 
um, might end up extending. So I have an opportunity to see them when I'm in town, potentially in, uh, in June. You know who's not extending? <laughs> Taylor Louderman. Taylor Louderman. She is not extending as she's set to exit Mean Girls this fall. Yeah, she technically already did extend, but we'll get to that. But on Saturday night, the Queen Bee of North Shore High, Mean Girls is on Mean Girls on Broadway's own Regina George posted on Instagram that she would be leaving the show on September 8th of this year. This will be roughly six months after the first year of her contract. That's when Ashley Park left and Kate Rockwell, Erica Henningsen, Barrett Wilbert Weed and Gray Henson and Taylor Louderman all extended. The thought is that those other folks that extended are all in for a year, but Louderman seems to be about six months, six months. Now it might've actually initially been planned for her to not be in there that long because she co-starred in a CBS pilot called Emperor of Malibu opposite Ken Jung, you know, Dr. Ken, mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, the, uh, the hangover movies. And then my favorite TV show in the history of all recorded mediums, the masked singer. Um, but it was surprisingly not picked up, uh, at or the, this month's, uh, CBS upfronts. And that was a really big surprise to a lot of people. Although word is that it's still in consideration for fur- future seasons, but it might take some reconfiguring to get it on the air. So it might be that she was planning on leaving a little earlier and then decided on this date, who knows what she has coming uh, on between her and Ashley Park and a lot of the other mean girl stars. A lot of good things are coming their way because of this show. Now, James, it'll be interesting to see who they go with as a replacement um, for this show, we we saw obviously Kristen Alabato, who talked to me about joining the show on a Tell Me More episode. She replaced uh, Ashley Park. She is somebody who is no stranger to Broadway fans. It'll be interesting to see where Mean Girls goes with the replacement of Regina George, the big, I mean, she's really the star of the show um, along with Katie Heron. But um, if I were the casting folks and the producers of Mean Girls, I might follow the example set by Dear Evan Hansen. I don't think Andrew Barth Feldman could do this role. He's really no, good. He's, he's really very good. good. He's very good. But I might not look too far out of the Andrew Barth Feldman uh, stratosphere um, if I was mm. casting this one. Interesting. All right. So what do we have in this week's mm, theatrical schedule? Okay, so uh, we haven't done one of these like we normally did uh, a lot for the last month or so because we've been in the middle of the award season. So we've kind of focused on that. But we'll get into uh, this whole theatrical schedule. But first, I want to run for, uh, through something that's actually happening the entire week. It actually started yesterday on Memorial Day, and it is the uh, annual uh, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS Broadway Bakes uh, <laughs> celebration. And no, this has nothing not to do with 420. It's not. This has nothing to do with the legalization of marijuana. This is a uh, fundraiser that happens at Schmackery's, Broadway's favorite cookie store, which really, really needs to expand and get a bigger space. But um, where Broadway stars actually serve the cookies, it's tiny. Getting in and out of there is insane, even after they re- after they remodeled. But uh, yesterday, Catherine Gallagher, Stephanie Styles, Leslie Margarita, Wesley Taylor, and Isaac Powell dished out the cookies. Today um, will be Alex Brightman and uh, from Beetlejuice, obviously, um, and then Jimmy Davis and Will Burrell from. Oklahoma. They'll be doing it from three to five. Then um, Joe Iconis, Jason Sweet Tooth Williams, and Charlie Rosen, all from Be More Chills, will be there from five to seven. Then throughout the week, we'll have other guests, um, including Laura Osnes, Christy Altamere, uh, Ben Ruhala, Casey Levy, Patty Murin, Derek Klena, John Bolton, uh, James Snyder, Jenny Jules, Matt Mueller, 
that is related to Abby and Jesse, by the way. Um, and then uh, Kyle Selig and Gray Henson, who I, I mentioned earlier. So we'll have a, a link to all of that information uh, in the show notes if you want to check out the entire schedule for that. But there's that. But then back to our schedule, theatrical schedule stuff as we normally used to do it. Now that the vast majority of the random award ceremonies are over for the spring, we are going to start with the latest entry into this summer's Island of Misfit Performers, known as In Residence on Broadway. Following the surprising kind of unquestionable success of Morrissey's spin at the Lunt Fontaine, we now have, reportedly, uh, the first ever intimate look at the works of Yanni. With just a piano, no orchestra like normal, the iconic composer, musician, and orchestrator will give audiences a rare look inside his creative processes. He will tell stories and even host a Q&A with the audience. Oh, goody, James, a talk back during the show. That's mm. what everybody wants. Um, uh, Yanni on Broadway will run through June 2nd. Next up, on Thursday night, we have our first official opening of the 2019-2020 Broadway season as Audra McDonald and Michael Shannon star in Terrence McNally's play Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune uh, at the Broadhurst Theater. Directed by Aaron Arbus, the show is described as two monumental actors joining forces in a play that is as raw as it is romantic, as visceral as it is vibrant, and as funny as it is breathtaking. When a diner waitress and a short-order cook meet for a night of fiery passion, they expect to return to loneliness. But as desire turns into the possibility of love, they've realized that true connection means being unafraid to reach for the moon. Uh, James, I will be interested to see what the reviews are like for this, uh, as the grosses have been dismal so far. Um, but word of the mouth, word of mouth is that the performances are incredible, as you would expect. But others think that the work is pretty dated in how it handles the dynamics of the relationship between Shannon and McDonald's characters. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that plays out in the reviews and if these reviews over the next few weeks impact the grosses because otherwise it is a pretty shockingly bad set of numbers for this show which i expected to do not great but but certainly better than what they're doing now we will obviously have all of those reviews on friday's episode but also opening on Thursday will be Roundabout Underground's production of Selena Fillinger's new play, Something Clean, starring uh, former Law and Order, what was she, Law and Order Special Task Force Unit. I don't remember what, which one she was on, but something uh, Criminal Intent, Law and Order Criminal Intent star Catherine Irby, Christopher Livingston, and Daniel Jenkins. The new drama slips into the jagged cracks of a sex crimes aftermath, the guilt, the grief, and the way we grapple with the unthinkable. Directed by Margot Bordelon, the show is currently on sale through June 30th, and since the Roundabout Underground production, all tickets are just 30 bucks. Then, James, it feels super weird to say this, uh, but on Saturday, we will have the fourth annual Broadway Radio Tony Omnibus episode. I am... I don't believe that this is the fourth one that I've done um, in years past. I've tried to cover the Tony season from perspectives that you might not get in the other theatrical media or at, at least not all in one place. Um, I still have two interviews to do this week, but assuming all goes well and I get those interviews done, um, I will have a pair of journalists and I will have conversations with four different 2019 Tony nominees, all from different disciplines, to give you insight into their unique processes. Um, so plan on that being in your feed on Saturday. Once I get all of the interviews recorded and I'm not nervous about jinxing anything, uh, I will let you in on everybody who is going to be a part of the episode this year. But I'm super excited about the breadth of brilliance that we've put together for this episode. 
And then finally on Sunday, James, uh, we have the 64th annual Dramadesk Awards. We will come; uh, they will come to you from the town hall on Sunday night, and it will start at 8 p.m. Michael Yuri will again host, but as of now, uh, unless something changes, I don't believe that Broadway News, who is now presenting them, is planning on live streaming the awards um, as has been done in the past, thanks to Theater Mania. Now, James, you're a Dramadesk member. Do you know anything about a live stream for this? No, they don't tell us anything. Okay, good. Yeah, they're just trying to sell us very expensive tickets. Okay, but you do you have your votes and your ballot in already? Uh, we've tried, yes. <laughs> Not a smooth process this year, huh? Uh... No comment. Move, moving on. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, either way, live streamed or not, uh, I am sure that we will uh, get all the winners in fairly real time on Sunday night. James, I don't know what we'll do with these because uh, it will it doesn't start till 8, and it means it probably won't end till close to 11. So I'm not sure if we'll do them on 11. Monday's show or Mid- maybe record midnight. Monday morning whatever so um but anyway also on sunday we will have three closings in new york first blacks from mcc then curse of the starving class from signature and then finally alice ripley's one woman show the pink unicorn from out of the box theatrics we will obviously have links for all of the shows and events mentioned in this section in the show notes if you would like more information uh we did uh reviews from blacks at mcc Mm -hmm. and the Pink Unicorn uh, from Out of the Box Theatrics on this week on Broadway as well. So uh, they got good uh, good reviews. Uh, the Pink Unicorn is the uh, Alice Ripley show, the one-woman show. And mm-hmm. it's a very, very small theater. And Peter uh, closed his eyes and clicked his heels and wished that it would transfer to a, a another venue. Uh, Did he really? Yeah, he thought it was very good. Uh, she is a she is a force of nature. Not exactly sure what kind of nature that is, but Alice <laughs> Ripley is undoubtedly a force of nature no matter what she's doing. All right. What do we have in other news? OK, James, as many of our listeners will know, the new live action adaptation from Disney opened in movie theaters this past weekend, and it was Aladdin. Uh, I thought it was interesting, James, as critics and audiences were very split on what they thought about this new version of Aladdin that we're seeing on screen. My brother, who probably watched the animation animated version close to 500 times when we were growing up and honestly that's probably an understatement, um, and I'm not being uh, hyperbolic like I normally am at all. I honestly think it's probably over 500 times. Um, he saw it on Friday, the day it opened, and he absolutely loved it. So take that for what it is. Um, whether or not audiences loved it or not, they certainly went and saw it as it came in with the fifth largest Memorial Day weekend domestic opening ever at $112,700,000. When you factor in the international total, it added another $121 million to come in at $233,700,000 during its first four days already far surpassing its reported $183 million production budget. Also remember that the live-looking adaptation, it's not live-action, but it's live-looking um, adaptation of The Lion King is going to be released on July 19th, and it is expected to have a far better showing with both critics, audiences, and at the box office. One more thing here, James. As last week, our buddy Mark Hirschberg reported in Forbes that Broadway producer Julie Boardman is currently working on a state-of-the-art pop-up museum experience which will chronicle the history of Broadway. The project titled The Museum of Broadway is looking to run from April through December of 2020 
with room for an extension. Tickets are set to be priced at about 37 bucks per person. The museum's curators are currently seeking $7.5 million to get the project off the ground. I, for one, hope that they get it figured out, James, because it is, it's really a shame that there isn't something like this in the Times Square area or the theater district in general, um, because I feel like we really need that. It would be something that that would really draw people. And I think that if it, they did it well and in a place where people could get to and kept the price at 37 bucks, I think it would make a ton of money. Like it, it would not be hard to make up that $7.5 million. I don't think, uh, if, if they did this well and in a location that people would want to go to. But anyway, for more information on this or any of the stories in today's show, please check out the show notes at broaderradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your Tuesday with us in your week. Uh, I'm very disappointed that you didn't talk about the the Museum of Ice Cream in Mark Hirschberg's article. But Sorry. <laughs> But my name is James Reno, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 